Hey guys, welcome to A Mr. DJ. Today we have a very special guest, Mr. Guillermo Arce, better known as Gmo in the DJ world. We are also doing this a little different. Uh, we're recording at the Garden Amphitheater in Garden Grove, thanks to Gmo and his hookup. Uh, welcome, Gmo. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. How are you? I'm good. So happy to be here. Thanks so much for um, open opening up this space for us. I'm so excited to kind of do something different because I feel like I've been doing this mostly over the phone. So it's a nice experience to kind of, you know, uh, be in person. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Uh, I wasn't sure if you guys were going to take the offer, but uh, yeah, I'm stoked you guys came. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah, for sure. So how have you been holding up during this um, whole time? I've been good. I've been uh, really busy, still working uh working a lot yeah and uh just got slow around this week so that's why i was able to finally do the interview with you yeah and, uh, i'm glad cool I'm, glad I'm so glad that you did it i'm so glad that you were open to it because for sure when i started doing this project um i had a vision of who I wanted to interview and um, you were for sure at the top of my list and I'm not just saying that I promise you I feel like when I first got exposed to um, the DJ world um, for sure it was Brandon who kind of like opened my eyes up to that because I feel like he was one of the first DJs that I saw um, perform but top, then yeah, yeah I mean, but he's been doing it like the longest I feel yeah and I mean but you know when I saw him I started seeing you Eric and Joey and legit and Ben so I feel like Dan I Senna. always yes Dan and Densena too Dan at yeah. Detroit bar yes you're right and I feel like when um I, I always consider you guys kind of like the pioneers of this like DJ movement because um, you guys have been doing it for so long. I mean, that was like back in 2008. So late 2006. And, you know, you guys started in 2006, but I didn't start going out um, until 2008. So that's when I started to kind of like see you guys. So you guys had already been doing it for a while. Yeah. So um, it's like I always think of you guys as definitely the pioneers of this like DJ movement because like I feel like after you guys all started then like you know more people started to get into it so um yeah like I said I always had a vision of like who am I gonna have on my cast and you were at the top for sure oh, so thank awesome. you for doing cool. this thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah um so uh, can you share with us a little bit about your like upbringing uh, where did you grow up I grew up in uh, on the border of Garden Grove and Orange. Okay. But uh, since I went to Orange High School, and uh, it was like right around the corner from the circle, I grew up in Old Town Orange. Oh, okay. So. Okay. Cool. Um, and did you live with both mom and dad? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any siblings? I have a sister. Oh, okay. Older yeah. or younger? One year younger. Okay. And uh, a lot of people are like, hey... She is she older? I'm like no no no, no. like she's younger, but because <laughs> yeah. like she acts too too uh, mature for. I'm like no no. no. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys have a good relationship? We do. Yeah. We is do. she also into music? She's more into like rap, hip hop, R and B. Okay. But uh, she's only came out twice to see me. Yeah. And she's she's gotten into it. She likes it. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, this is the kind of stuff you hear on Kiss FM at 12 p.m. Oh. I was like, oh. <laughs> You're like, don't compare me to Kiss. <laughs> no, actually, their lunchtime DJ like 
plays really good stuff. Really? Yeah. Is it because it's all like old school now? Like not old school, but you know how like when we were kids, um, like Power 106 would play like, <laughs> is it like that? I was going to get into that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly like that. Oh, okay. And that's why now we're like so enjoying it. Because I remember when I was, um, it, you know, when I was a kid and I would listen to Power 6, I hated the noon hour because mm-hmm. I was like, it's not like the new stuff, you know, like where's like, you know, um, Tupac or like Snoop and it would play like all old stuff. So I feel like that's why now we're like the (laughs) part of that group that's like enjoying the noon, (laughs) the noon playlist. Awesome. Um, so have you, uh, always had a passion for music? I have. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a specific memory that stands out to you where you felt like, oh, like music moved you in some way? Maybe like <laughs> sorry. No, maybe that's like okay. early mid two thousands when everything was just going crazy. Like yeah. I was like, Whoa, like I can't believe I'm really DJing here. Like this is awesome. Like, yeah. But um, do you like so but that was when you like first started to um DJ, but do you have a specific memory like mm-hmm. um when you were younger growing up? Did you oh, ever when I was younger? Yeah. Uh, so like for me I feel like I, and I this is super cheesy, but I feel like Mariah Carey was like so my jam and that's when I was like, okay, like and Madonna, like it moved me. I was like, I would feel the music. Is there something like do you have a specific moment where you're like, okay, like music is like there's a lot of emotion there. Do you, have, do you have a memory of something you know like I that? I do have a memory. Uh, so back then when I was a freshman in high school, okay, I had a neighbor who was also into like house music. And back then, like uh, it was still all, all about cassette players and uh, CD players. Yeah. So every Saturday night, um, he would spend the night or I would spend the night at his house. And... Uh, we would record uh, Richard Humpty Vision playing live on Power 106. Uh-huh. And uh, I was like, dang, I really want to do this. I want to I want to get turntables and like eventually start DJing. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking for. So is that what like kind of inspired you to take this like, like pursue that passion? Yes. So what is uh, DJ Humpty Vision? Richard Humpty Vision. Oh, he Richard. used to go by Richard Humpty Vision, but I guess he changed it to Richard Vision now. Oh, okay, okay, cool. I don't remember that. And he, he played in Power, at Power 106. Power 106. And oh. he would, him and Swedish Eagle would take turns one day, one Saturday... Swedish Eagle would open. The next Saturday, Richard Vision would open. Oh, okay. So, so it was Saturdays. Every Saturday night. Yeah. Okay, okay. And I think... uh, it was all house music and electronic. And yeah, it was really cool. And they always had a guest. Yeah. Wait, um, how old are you? I am 36. Okay, so we're about the same age. Okay. Really? I, yeah. You're, you're way younger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually older than you are. I'm 37. So I feel like that's why I was like, how come I don't know? Maybe he's like a little bit younger and that's why I didn't know. But um, maybe it was just like, because Saturdays, maybe, I don't know. I was probably out playing, you know? <laughs> so I don't remember that. But um, cool. That's so awesome. Um, what kind of music were you listening to growing up? Growing up, uh, I first got into like my first CD was a uh, Sublime. Oh, okay. Second CD was Solid Choice. Uh, <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Yes. So I, was, I, I was like 
listening to everything, a yeah. little bit of everything, but uh, um, I just remember growing up, going to like a family Mexican party. Yeah. And I mean, you're always at those parties from 3 p.m. till whenever. Yeah. But every Saturday we would drive back home from L.A. And uh, my mom would always listen to, uh, I don't know who the DJ was at the time, but uh, Saturday they used to play like Aquanet sets. And uh, it was, I would be like kind of falling asleep in the backseat, but then yeah. when she would change it to that, I'm like, oh, this is cool. This yeah. is awesome. And I loved it. I loved it was it. called Aquanet? Aquanet. But, like uh, the hairspray? Yeah. <laughs> That's it was amazing. the Aquanet set. And, uh, and uh, it... I knew it as like circus disco, Aquanet sets, or uh, or nineties freestyle. Like, yeah, I, I knew it as like three different things. Yeah, that's so. Your mom also had a sol- like solid yes. uh, choice oh, yeah. in music. She had me at a really young age, so yeah. She yeah, listens to a lot of good music. Yeah, yeah. Would Would you say that she kind of um, also had an influence on the type of music that you were listening to, like that you started listening to? She did, yeah, she did. And gravitating towards, um, what about your dad? Does what kind of music does he listen to? <laughs> My dad listens to like corridos. <laughs> <laughs> it's very eclectic. Yeah, way, different, way different people. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. My dad would be like, "What do you guys listen to?" And she's like, "I like it." And, which my mom would just turn it up and yeah. just drive back to Orange County listening to like <laughs> like House or whatever was playing at, on Power 106 late yeah. at night. Cool, cool. Um, and so you kind of already went into like what inspired you to become a DJ. Um, what age were you when you first got your like first, you know, equipment, I guess? Or like when did you start practicing and kind of taking it like a little bit more serious? Um... <laughs> There's a ghost here. <laughs> Must be the AC. But uh, so, first piece of equipment was a drum set. Okay. I really, really wanted a drum set for the longest time, and there was this picture that my grandparents had of me with a, with a tiny little drum set. Yeah. And uh, I finally got one from uh, one of my really good friend, old good friends. Uh, who used to go to this Christian church that he just told me, I don't know, he said, hey, the church I go to is getting rid of a drum set that's really good for a hundred bucks. Yeah. I'm like, damn, I don't have a hundred bucks. They're like, you can take it right now and you can just pay him uh, later. I'm like... In installments. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I took it, didn't even let my parents know. Yeah. Set it up in my little room and uh, taught myself how to play drums to like every every song you can think of and then... Uh, Maybe like months later, I was like, okay, I already know how to play drums, so what's next? What's next? And uh, I saved, I had been saving money for turntables. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had been like thinking, I'm like, should I do it? Should I not? Should I do it? And finally, uh, I met, I had a friend who had a friend who was working at Guitar Center. Mm-hmm. And uh, he happened to recognize me. And he's like, hey, if you want turntables, we can do it right now. I'll cut you a deal. And uh, he was like, 400 a piece. I'm like, oh, damn, that's that's kind of, that's, that's decent. That's not bad. Really? 400 but a piece? Back then, back yeah. then. I mean, that was a lot. But now, 
turntables are going for like 900 a piece. So each thing is $900? It, now, now it is. Now they are, yeah. $400, so now, that's like, that's still so much money. Yeah. So oh, is yeah. it a then, very commitment? That's why you're kind of like, do I want to do this? It's because a lot of commitment. <laughs> it, it was, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I bought the turntables and a mixer. And I remember waking up the next day. I'm like, what the hell did I just do? Like, <laughs> yeah. that's so much money. I'm like, uh, <laughs> should I return them? Yeah. Like, no, I don't want to go in like with my tail between my legs. But yeah. I'm like, screw it. I'm keeping it. I'm going to learn to do this. Yeah. And uh, saved up some more money. Bought a PA. Went to Virgin Mega Store at the block. If you guys remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bought a DJ Qbert DVD that of him teaching you how to scratch yeah learned all the scratches on that dvd and uh i'm like shit well like what up <laughs> what do i do what's next like yeah. I, don't, I don't know like uh but I, I like it and um i just kept collecting vinyl collecting vinyl but <laughs> cool so um you did get a drum set so was that i guess your first passion like um did you ever think of being in a band or were you ever in a band i was in a band oh cool when and what uh, was it called the shark that ate my friend <laughs> the two guys that uh wrote the music and yeah. thought of everything were really 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 into anything wes anderson life aquatic yeah really cool guys mitch and uh, steve um those guys uh I feel like they were ahead of their time because like all the stuff that they wrote was like if you listen to it now it sounded like uh a ripoff of crystal castles no way yeah and it sucks because i don't have it on my laptop and uh, yeah i wish i did and um so i can play for some for you guys but what um, is it the shark that ate the kid the shark that ate my friend oh that ate it's my a friend. line from life aquatic oh okay 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 <laughs> But uh, it was two guys on two synthesizer. Mm-hmm. One guy would play the bass parts on one, and then the other guy would play the leads. And then I was just like back there playing as fast as you can on drums. And uh, it was really cool. Yeah. It was really fun. Uh, we joined uh, this weird little, not a record label, but it was more like a, a little music community. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it was a bunch of bands that would always play everywhere together. And uh, there was this group called Triple Tap. They'd come in. Well, one kid would come in with a backpack and, like, wearing, like, little short shorts and everything. But he'd come in, like, what's up, everybody? What's up? And he'd get a mic and he'd start beatboxing. Yeah. And then the guys would just come in and start joining them in, too, and uh, singing and everything. And yeah. it was, like, really, really cool. Yeah. And I felt like that's when electronic music started coming back in yeah it was like right before justice okay right before justice came in and like blew everybody's minds <laughs> yeah for sure i mean yeah that i um always talk about this so i was definitely more into like indie music um i listened to like indie 103 you remember that oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so like i always listened to that station and so my first exposure was um daft punk um and i got i got to see them live and it was all thanks to my brother actually because he wanted to go see them and i remember that's when i was like holy crap this is like it just opened up my eyes to like a new set of like 
sounds, you know? And um, I think that I had to be there um, for me to be open to it because my brother would kind of try to like push it on me. He would like play it in the car and it was just kind of like, this is just noise to me, you know? <laughs> but then like once I was there, I feel like, like you said, it was like this, like right when electronic started, like it was like this movement and yeah, that's when I fell in love. It was just like amazing. So it's, it's insane to hear that you were in a band that kind of was like the precursor to that almost because they were doing it way before. Yeah. Yeah. And how old were you guys when you guys... Um... I was like 17. Oh, yeah. 18. Super I before that. Bit. I only did it for a little bit. And then Steve got accepted to... Uh... University, Berkeley. Uh-huh. And uh, the other guy, Mitch, he got, he was already working at Apple. And uh, they're like, oh, we're going to send you to San Francisco and uh, you're going to kill it over there. Yeah. So they both got sent out and we kind of just went our own ways. But, yeah. Uh, for the longest time, I would run into people and like, be like, hey, I remember you. You're the drummer. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then that's when you kind of, I guess, um, started to focus more on the DJ aspect of music. Um, when, um, when was your f- first performance and like, how did that kind of come about? Because you started to collect vinyl. Um, how did you like get your name out there? first perform <laughs> my first performance uh i was i had hired uh this guy that was like two years younger than me to come in and dj a friend's birthday party mm-hmm. and uh he said hey bring all your records bring your turntables and all that stuff and uh i'll come in i'll bring all my records fell through did not show up and i was like oh damn like i don't want to dj i don't want to <laughs> do this yeah and uh Everybody was like, the, the party just got really big. And then everybody was like, where's the music? Where's the music? Yeah. And uh, I was like, screw it. I'm going to have to jump on. And uh started playing records. And uh, everybody started feeling it. And I was like, okay. nice. Then I started feeling it. I was like, oh, this is fun. This is really cool. Yeah. And uh, I got, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I just got really, like, like really got a into little it. taste of it. And I was like, really, I really like it. Yeah. I'm going to try and do this. Yeah. And that's so gnarly because my next question was going to be, I just figured that your first perfor- performance was something that, you know, you got a gig for, but it was very unexpected. So you just jumped on and didn't even prepare. Like, how Nothing. did you, like, I feel like the thing that I appreciate most about um, DJs is their... Um, ability to blend two songs together and make them mesh perfectly i love that it's it's my favorite yes and like that's what i admire so much about djs because you know it's fun to like go dancing but like when i listen to a song go into another song it's like how do they have that ear because i for sure don't have (laughs) that like i can appreciate it but i don't have that um that that ear for me to like listen to that so it's insane that your first time you just went into it not even preparing yeah. with records <laughs> none like All that's vinyl. even exactly oh, that's yeah. I feel like that's one thing that um Brandon and I discussed in our inner in the, our interview that um I think that maybe uh you know the fact that people that played records before it was more difficult because that was not not as not that it's not um 
difficult to do it on the computer, but I feel like you're so limited to the records that you have yeah. oh. that you have to make it work. And yeah. that's why I feel like you become even more um, uh, creative and resourceful and able to navigate yourself out of unexpected situations. Yeah, you can change the genre. Yes, you, feel like, you can. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's probably why Brandon, you know, like he's so good at meshing songs, yeah. you know, because you guys basically had to start off with records. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you, I mean, I feel like I already know this because I'm Mexican and I know Gmo is short for Guillermo. <laughs> <laughs> but um, was that your first choice as your DJ name? Uh, it was actually, I couldn't think of anything else. And, mm -hmm. uh, everybody had been calling me Gmo forever. So I was like, ah, just, I'll just take like, Gmo. Just keep it yeah. that way. Yeah. I mean, it's perfect. It's like short and sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you did get into talking about, um, like when you first got your DJ equipment that, uh, you started to learn how to scratch. Um, was that something that you gravitated more towards or like because I know that I think you and Eric um, and Joey all know how to scratch but I was talking to Toro and he says that it's um, a very difficult um, task to it do. Is. It is and I'm I'm so iffy mm -hmm. with just like scratching here and there that I don't even do it but Joey's so good. He is really good. Yeah. He, I gave him that DVD and I don't I don't know if you even watched it, but like that guy is really, really good at scratching. Yeah. But uh, I don't, I don't even include in like if I'm mixing, I don't, I don't scratch. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to like scratch on the offbeat or something and just like mess it up and ruin it. But I'm like, nah, I'll just put off, put it off. And if there's a hip hop beat, maybe I'll scratch here and there. But yeah. So that was actually going to be my next question, um, because for those of us like who are not really educated in the art of scratching, um, can you kind of go into the technique that goes um, with scratching? Like, I guess when you're watching your uh, the DVD, DVD that you bought, um, what is it exactly that it shows you to do? Like, what are the techniques that you felt like you learned from it um and i guess just kind of explain to us w what you're able to scratch you can scratch to any hip-hop lo-fi or down tempo beat uh -huh. and uh it's this guy dj cubert uh -huh. have you guys heard of cubert i haven't really really good at scratching by the way um we are doing this um in a group setting so my brother is here so Say hi. Hello. <laughs> but no, um, I have not heard of uh, DJ Qbert. Um, the one that I uh, know of is uh, um, Z Trip. Oh, he's good. Yeah, he's yeah. yeah. So we got to see him a couple years ago, I think. And then I've never seen A Track do the scratching, but I know he's a wizard as well. He's really good too. Um, because, but yeah, like. That's something that I, I feel like I'm not very knowledgeable in. And I don't know exactly what goes into it. But I know that when I hear it, it's like, like you said, it's so intricate. And um, I think you do also have to have an ear for that. Because oh, yeah. you can't just scratch anything. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can and you can't. But 
I don't know how little Joey freaking kills it. He you can scratch for anything. Really? I just get like iffy. Like I, I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I I can't just do it to like anything. Right. But Joey can. Yeah. And he pulls it off and he does really good. And he'll say like, "Damn, you're like, I'm really into looping and mashing up." So. And he always, uh, if we're DJing together, mm-hmm. he'll just like stand behind me and he's laughing. And he's like, how the hell did he pull that off? Because I'll <laughs> mash up like some 80s song with like a punk song or a rap and hip hop uh-huh. song. And if we're playing like a rap or a hip hop club, yeah, I would be I would be like, let me open. I'm opening. Yeah. I want to <laughs> open. And like, why? And then I've, that's when no one's there. And that's when you get to have fun and yeah. practice and all that. And that's when I get to mess around and do all these weird little mashups or something you've been thinking about all week. I'm like, yeah. oh, I want to mash this song with this song. Yeah. And I'm going to do it now. Yeah. <laughs> so would you say but, that's uh, your expertise? Is, that's more my yeah, thing. Your yeah, your mashup. Yeah. Um, and again, for those of us who don't know, myself included, I mean, yeah, I like watch you guys play all the time. But what exactly is looping? Looping is where uh, you just, it takes... Uh, from one to like 16 seconds of a song and mm-hmm. it just keeps playing the same 16 seconds over same, and over yeah same but mainly eight seconds oh okay loop, but uh eight seconds over and over and over again and then you take the vocals from another song and you just play that mat- match it and then play that along with it and it just sounds like that's the song. oh okay 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 but that's what i'm more i'm more into yeah okay <laughs> um and so, you know, we've talked about the other guys that you kind of, you know, shared the stage with. Um, how did that, how did you get the gig at, because um, you used to play at Detroit Bar, you mm-hmm. played um, Proof I, Bar. I started at Detroit Bar. Oh, you started at Detroit yeah. Bar. Okay, so how did you get that gig? So, Dan Senna, him and I used to work at Paul Frank together. Uh-huh. And, Pop uh, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, the monkey company. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we worked there together. And then uh, he his band blew up and he took off. And I didn't see him for months. And I don't remember who he talked to. But somebody had told him that, like, oh, Gmo's got a cool garage where, like, he's got two computers set up, turntables set up, mixers all linked into the computer. And he can record and everything. And he's got a giant collection of vinyl behind him. And uh, calls me out of the blue. And I got so stoked because Dan Senna was like... He was kind of a big deal. King of indie. Yeah. Like, he was playing everywhere. And uh, he was signed by... Uh, what's the guy's name from The Offspring? I don't even remember his name. My brother will know that. <laughs> I don't remember his name. But, uh, <laughs> he was signed by his uh, record company. Yeah. And uh, I would run into him at shows. We'd say what's up. But he... Uh, yeah, from there he just took off. But... Uh, yeah, I don't know where he calls me, and he was like, "Hey, uh, so I, I heard you got turntables." I'm like, I'm "Like, fuck, that's fucking awesome!" Senna's calling me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm like, "Yeah, I got turntables. What's up?" And he's like, "Hey, I got this new thing. Uh, can I can I bring my laptop over?" I'm like, "No, dude, it's turntables. Uh, you you do it with vinyl." And he's like, "No, no, no it's a new thing. Like, you gotta you gotta check it out." And I'm like, what "The hell's he talking about?" Like, yeah, yeah, come over. Pulls up like 10, 15 minutes later because he lived around the corner. Yeah. He brings out this little box, two records, and his laptop and uh, opens up the program. And I'm like, what are you doing? 
And he's like, oh, dude, it's this new thing where you can play all the songs off your laptop. And uh, he's like, let's just try it out. I'm like, all right, cool. So he showed up expecting me to know all this stuff too. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. I'm like, you, you, you figure it out and I'll, I'll keep watching. Yeah. But uh, maybe like after a month of him like trying to figure it out, I kind of figured it out too. He comes out of nowhere and he's like, hey, uh, so my buddy John Reiser has a, a venue. I'm like, oh, cool. And I, I, I didn't think much of it. Yeah. Comes by a few days later again. He's like, hey, so my buddy has a venue. Like, you want to do something? I'm like, I'm like, like what? What do you? He's like, we can DJ. We can do like, we can do this thing and like do something and play this kind of music. And there's people out there. Yeah. I'm like, <clears throat> I don't know, man. I'm like, I kind of like playing in the garage by myself. I have more fun here. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, what are you doing this Tuesday? I'm like, nothing. Like always. <laughs> and he's like, come with me. I'm like, where? He's like, do you know Steve Aoki? I'm like, hell yeah, I know Steve Aoki. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, that's my good friend. Let's go. I'm like, all right. And uh, we go to Cinespace, and it was blowing up at that time. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't too crowded. It was perfect. And we were watching, like, oh, I forgot who we were watching. But I just remember the second time I went. Oh, we were just watching, like, Dano and Dem Jeans that night. Oh, okay. But I remember the second time we went, and it was, like, Gina Turner, Louisa, Dem Jeans, Dano, and, like, Mastercraft, because they were in town. Yeah. And no one was there. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, this is Mastercraft. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> For sure. And uh, people were going crazy, like, yeah, that's from above. I'm like, no, dude, that's Mastercraft. That's not that from above. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, like, he's still, like, uh, oh, at the end of the night, sorry. Uh, he was like, so what'd you think? I'm like, dude, that's awesome. And um, he's like, we can do this. You want to do something like this? And I was like, uh, where? He's like, my buddy has a place. Yeah. He's he's bar. Like Let's go check it out. <laughs> I was like, okay. He's like, uh, I was like, where is it? And he's like, dude, it's down the street from Paul Frank. And I was still working at Paul Frank. I'm yeah. like, okay, so we'll meet up there. We'll check it out. And, uh. I had mentioned it to someone that I was going to go with Senna to go check out Detroit Bar. And they're like, oh, it's Dan Bradley, John Reiser's place, and John Oswald, who also owns Paul Frank. They're all three in and on it, in on it together. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I've been there. I'm like, they snuck me in on my 20th birthday to go see Modest Mouse. Oh. Like, I remember that place. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, we go, we check it out, and... Uh, We shake hands. We didn't really. We just got a little walk around, and we pretty much the, got the gig on the spot. And uh, Dan Senna was paying someone to make flyers for us. And at the time, I was also learning uh, Illustrator. Uh huh. Which I also got into like making all the flyers after a while. But uh, he was paying someone to do the flyers. All we were doing pretty much is just printing out little posters, posting them up, and. Senna was uh, in charge of the talent, um, and uh, yeah, from from there on, it was just like mellow as nights. So I was like, "Oh, this is cool. I like it." It's just like playing my garage. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not like no one's like getting drunk, throwing beer all over your like your records or anything like that. This is cool. I like it. Yeah, and uh, since we were a 
affiliated with uh, Denmark and we were pretty much getting all the sloppy seconds because they would have them on Tuesday and then they would come over here to Costa Mesa and we were, they were coming in on Wednesdays. Yeah. Um, we started getting a buzz and a little following and it started growing and growing and growing and uh, dang, it, it just got crazy. For it sure. It got really crazy because, because of Dan Senna and being like part of Dimock, like uh, he got to get a bunch of cool artists and it was awesome. For sure. Um, he knew all the right people and uh, dude, it was, fuck. I'm, like, I'm still like, <laughs> it was so Wild about it. freaking awesome. Yeah. What was, what was the Wednesday called again? Busy work. Busy work. That's right. Okay. Cause, um, and that was around the same time that like um, Avalon was happening and I, like, I don't know if you remember when there was, like, the back and forth. Yes. Literally my favorite time. Like, I I will never forget those, that year. It was, like, 2008, 2009. Oh, it's literally my favorite. <laughs> like, I love that summer so much. I didn't miss one Wednesday. Um, and it was just, like, again, that's when I was, like, I got open to, like, the art of DJing, uh-huh. you know? Um, but you said that you guys started back in 2006. So was it going for a couple years already? It, yeah, it went on for a little while, but like the maybe like the, the first six months, it was slow. Yeah. And uh, but uh, I wanted to ask you, like, who yeah. who was DJing at Avalon when you went? Um, Brandon. Brandon and mm-hmm. Tony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it was cool. colossal connection. Um, before that, uh-huh. I had gone to Avalon, and uh, but at the time I was still working at Paul Frank. One of the guys came up to me and he said, "Hey." One of the guys that you listen to all the time is uh, going to be DJing at Avalon. And I was like, who? And uh, it, they're like, it's Beats in Space, uh, Tim Sweeney. Uh-huh. And he has this really cool like night in New York where he plays like all this weird like dance and techno. Yeah. And uh, since I, at Paul Frank, I had my big giant section, pretty much the same size as his. Mm-hmm. And I used to make banners. I used to make signs. I used to do anything POP marketing stuff. Okay. Paul Frank and ship it all around the world or get sent around the world to like go install it and all that stuff. Oh, nice. It was awesome. I love that job. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, they were like, hey, let's go. Let's go check it out. I was like, okay, cool. We show up. It's Tim Sweeney playing, and he had just played with uh, James Murphy the night before. No way. And uh, it was Acid Girls night at the uh, time. Uh-huh. Do you remember Acid Girls? you guys remember Acid Girls? It sounds familiar, to be honest. It's yeah. this guy, Jamie. I, I, know, I just know Jamie. I didn't know the other guy, but mm-hmm. it was these two guys that were, like, making, like, electronic dance techno music. And uh, they were about... They were on their last... Uh, month of like having the residency okay there and uh, I guess they were up and leaving and just moving to Germany because they that's where techno is coming from yeah. and that's where they wanted to be and yeah. that was awesome but um, I remember after that I think uh, little Brandon and Tony took it over but I, I at the time I, I was like oh that's cool but uh, I'm like I don't drink 
Yeah. At all. That's right. <laughs> that was the one thing that, like, I remember um, I didn't find out about you until much later, I think, because, like, I've always, I'm always so timid, you know? And so it was always, like, so hard for me to, like, approach you guys because I thought you guys were, like, like famous, you oh, know? Oh, no, no, <laughs> but now that, like, you know, I got to know you guys, like, it, you're just like me. <laughs> and, but I always thought, you know, because, I mean, you guys are on stage. So it is kind of, you know, like, it, I think like DJs are very glorified and for the right reasons because you guys are artists, you know. So, um, but I did find out that you, you do you still not drink? Still don't drink. Good and job. Still trip out about that. So all the time. same thing when I started going out, mm-hmm. um, I didn't drink. I have like I didn't drink for God a very very long time. Like maybe. Um, like, I just started drinking, I would say, like, maybe four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. But same thing, that people were like, I don't trust you because you don't drink. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> they're like, I don't trust people that don't drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, I mean, I'm, I'm still very, um, like, I don't drink that much. I probably will have, like, two, maybe three tops. But I still keep it to a minimum because it's just, like, I love to dance and I don't want to, like, be... Like, I can't stand up if I'm drunk, you know? So it's like, I'd rather just, like, have a good time and not be drunk. But, um, cool. Well, thanks for sharing that story um, with us. That's um, that's interesting, you know, how kind of, like, it all came together. And I'm guessing once you started playing at Detroit, that's when you kind of met all the boys? Yes. Well, I had met Eric... Uh, not met him, but I knew of Eric. And at the time, he was going as e-break. Oh, he didn't tell me that. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. So he was going as e-break. And have you been to his backyard? Mm-hmm. I mean, who to hasn't? To his parties. Right? <laughs> who hasn't? Yeah. He, he's got, like, the biggest, coolest backyard ever. But he used to throw his own parties in that backyard. Mm-hmm. And he would have a lot of people. And, uh... At the time, I was hanging out with this other guy, Doom, who was like kind of like really good friends with him. But he would hang out with them on their on their own, and then he would come and hang out with us. On yeah. Their, but Doom is, at the time, was king of like funk. He would have all these funk parties, and they would get packed. Yeah. Really good fun, uh, funk parties, but um, he he walks up to me and he's like. Yeah, he's a he's a really big stoner and he yeah. has a funny like weird deep voice. But he's yeah. like, "Hey, that's that fucker over there that like <laughs> that's that fucker over there that stole my girl, man. Fuck that guy." <laughs> and he pointed it that way, but I just thought it was Rockberry, yeah. yeah. And Rockberry was DJing, and I'm like, "Man, fuck that guy. Yeah. He he did that. That's not cool. Fuck that. That sucks." Yeah. And. uh that was the first time I saw him. Yeah. <laughs> and then I didn't remember, but I would see him here and there at uh, at Cinespace mm-hmm. and like hanging out with uh, like his brother-in-law, little Joey, and a few other guys. And we would call that group the Runts. Have you watched uh, City of God? I have, but I don't the, recall the Runts. The Brazilian, in there. the Brazilian yeah, games I have, and all that. Yeah. At the end, the little kids take over, and they were called the Runts. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. And. Uh, I would call his brother-in-law's nephews the runts because yeah. they would all tag along and they'd be like, oh, we're going to take this. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I was like, oh, there's those guys in the runts, whatever. But uh, 
I would see them here. I would see them at Cinespace. Uh, at Cinespace. I would see them at Banana Split Sundays. And uh, I just remember one time, I'm like, I'm like, ah, oh, there's that e-brake guy, and he's got fucking Steve Aoki wearing his fucking cool shirt. Fuck. And uh, and uh, we go back to doing a uh, one of our nights at Detroit, and he yeah. he he's a really nice guy. He is. But uh, he walks up to me, he's like, hey man. I like all the songs you've been playing. I'm like, oh, cool, thanks. And I was like, freaking guy. He's going to hate me for telling this story. Maybe, but. I'm going to start calling him E-Break from now on. But, uh, but uh, he actually comes up to me, and then that guy Doom happens to walk in. Yeah. And uh, they kind of walk off to the side. He, Eric goes with his like group of friends, and they're watching... I think they were there for, like, Purple Crush. Okay. Purple Crush. I don't remember where they're from. I don't know if they're, like, Detroit or something like that. But they were cool. Dan Senna, I'm, 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 I need to name some of the people that Dan Senna got. Because yeah. it was insane. But uh, let me go back to that story really quick. Uh, so that guy Doom comes back, back up to me. And he's like, hey, fool. What's up? Who's all here? And I was like, oh, well, you just saw Eric. I'm like, that's that guy that stole your girl, huh? And he's <laughs> yeah. like, no, not him, fucking idiot. It was the other guy that was standing next to him. I was like, ah, oh, shit. I've been hating this guy for the longest time because of your dumbass. Yeah. And he's such a nice guy. Yeah. Him and his sister and his whole family. Like, Damn yeah. it. So at the end of the night, him and Dan Santa were talking and I go up to him and I, we finally like introduce ourselves. Yeah. Because I've been like putting it off. Like, yeah. I want to meet this guy. I'm like, yeah. This guy screwed over my girl, yeah. my, my boy. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and I told him the story and he started laughing. I'm, I don't know if you remember. I'm pretty sure he, <laughs> he does, but uh, we just started laughing and ever since then he's always been like, dude. Your friend. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so in this, um, I guess, industry, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges? I mean, obviously, like, the friendships are always great, but what would you say are some of the biggest challenges in um, DJing? Um, <laughs> taking requests, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> Sorry! But, <laughs> you know what? I, I only did it once. I actually, actually liked <laughs> taking requests, which yeah. a lot of people hated, but since I'm into meshing up... Yeah! I would take requests. Yeah. And sometimes it would work and sometimes I wouldn't. But I, I didn't care because yeah. I would go into the next song and fix it and right. make it all like good again. Yeah. And sometimes people were like, how the hell did you pull that off? Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I just worked. I just thought of something. You had the ear. That's boom, why. It worked. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but Dan Santa told me once, he was like, hey, like every once in a while, just kind of kill it off a bit so people stop dancing go drink some more and come back and get even more crazier i'm like good idea really and uh that's if i took a request and it was a slower song then sometimes sometimes the crowd would like kind of break off a little but right. they, they would all go straight to the bar come back with drinks and get even more crazy yeah <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Send us a little secret. Yeah, yeah. You're you're giving away the secrets. I know. Now, they, now, hey, hey, now they're going to know. take notes, guys. We'll, we'll take this out. We'll edit it out. <laughs> um, and, um, and I mean, I guess we can turn this, like, positive. What have been the most positive things in this profession? Besides the friendships, of course. Oh, man. Uh
I know a lot of people would say don't take every gig, but I I took every gig because it always for at least for me, but it, it always like led to something big. Like uh huh. Like a lot of people would turn down gigs, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm gonna take that gig, and yeah. I took it, and I'd be like, somebody from Mac Makeup there, be like, hey, we want you to DJ for us. Yeah. Let's do this. I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. And uh. Yes. So take every I love gig. that. I love take that. Every gig. No I love that. What. <laughs> I love that. And you know what? Actually, I remember there was um this was a few years back. I don't even know how long ago it was, but I remember you were on um KUCI. And oh. again, that was like one of my proudest moments for you because <laughs> I was like that's so and so it's like you know that's probably how you got there because you don't say no to things and like it'll get you um to open for big artists or go to mac and you know so um that i think that is a good um a good thing to kind of like never say no and like i feel like opening yourself to um uncomfortable situations always makes you better so even if go ahead sorry well one thing that does suck. Uh, KUCI had yeah. emailed uh, the guy Dennis Sims. Mm-hmm. He had emailed me. He's like, "Hey, do you want to come in and do a little set?" And I was like, "Can my friend Joey Cancun Joey and I do it?" Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, you two were awesome the last two times. Let's do it again." Yeah. I had lined up songs. I told Joey, but since the whole coronavirus thing took over, like we didn't get to do it again. Oh so. no! Oh, so it was so, recently. Yeah, this was like a few months ago. Oh, and we didn't what get a to bummer! Yeah. So now I think he's doing it by himself every Friday, in that little station. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. But, uh, well, I, I have fun there because I get to play a lot of cool like house and techno that I don't get to like play out anywhere or anything. Yeah. Like that, so. And then just, like, good exposure. Yeah. Like, I remember... No, I... For sure, I, I'm... Like, again, I'm not just saying this. I remember I was like, that's so cool. Like, I'm so proud of him. <laughs> like, that is super awesome that you got that. Because, I mean... I mean, maybe to me it's a big deal. I mean, I'm sure it is a big deal to you, too. Because you're getting a lot of exposure. It was. But you know what? That was not my first time on the radio. Oh, really? I won a contest uh, for Power 106. Shut up! And it was this guy, Jeff Garcia, and uh-huh. he had put out this thing, like, during his lunchtime thing. Mm-hmm. And th- at that time, Jeff Garcia was doing the Aquanet set at okay. lunch from 12 to 1. I need to listen to this Aquanet set. You know, they don't do it anymore. Ugh. That's the only thing. I mean, you need to bring it back. Change. I mean, that, would, that would be awesome. But, uh, Power 106. <laughs> um, he had put out this thing. He said, hey, I'm having a contest. Whoever uh, sends me the best mix, uh, I'll put it on the... I'll put it on the radio. I'm like, cool. So I record this hour-long mix. I send it in. And that same year, I were I started working in Coachella. And uh, I remember I was working, and I got a text message. I don't remember who messaged me, but they're like, hey, they're playing like 30 minutes of your mix on Power 106? I'm like, what? No way. That's awesome. I'm like, oh, but that sucks that I can't listen. And I'm like, oh, yeah. But uh, that was it. He just emails. He, I didn't get to read an email because back then I didn't have good reception. Now There was no reception out there. There's no reception out there, out there yeah. And uh, I just remember coming home to, and reading an email. Like, hey. Uh, like, you won. You won. And there was another guy whose mix I also liked. So I took half of yours and half of his and conjoined them as one. But... Hey, that's cool. I'll send you guys a shirt or and a sticker or something. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's awesome. And I think I was too excited to reply back to him, so I never gave him my address, and I never got my shirt or sticker. <laughs> well, 
if you're listening, <laughs> you can um, you can have them mail it to you now. Um, that's super awesome. I didn't know that. Um, how long ago was that? Like 2008, I think. Okay. Okay. I had spent so, so many So it's been over 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what is your take on mixtapes? Um, I, know, I know that some of my previous guests have said that they're actually very hard um, to put together. Like, they are. They are so difficult. Like, uh, I am actually working on a mix for you. Mm-hmm. And I have three crates with three sections on each crate. And I just don't know how to piece them all together like I just need to like do like this big old bracket because um while the whole coronavirus thing is going on my fiance has been making masks at home Uh uh-huh and she's got like this badass like professional juki sewing machine yeah and she's been sewing away and then I'm right next to her on a little like lifetime table just set up with all this stuff and she'll be like babe I want to listen to like some uh some French house. I want to listen to like Brazilian like dance music. I want to listen to this. I want to listen to African music. I want to listen to, uh, and I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. So whatever. I'm I'm like, so I'll just throw on little mixtapes. Uh, not record them or anything like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll just mix along for her. But yeah, like while I I was doing that, I was also like gathering music together. Yeah. And uh, I kind of want to put that mix together. Uh, so like. You can put it on your podcast and yeah. people can listen to what I've been listening to with my uh, with Diana, my fiance, yeah. and uh, and uh, check it out and enjoy it. See yeah, how, see how they like it. For sure, for sure. <laughs> um, what would you say is the, I guess, most difficult part of making a mixtape? It's getting songs that go well with each mm-hmm, other. It's mm-hmm. that's the hardest because uh, you have so many songs in your head. And yeah. You're like, oh, damn, this song goes so good with this one. But then this song goes even better with that one. Yeah. But then the next song doesn't follow good with it. So it's 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 tough. Yeah. It's, it's pretty hard. Would you say that, um, because, I mean, I feel like when you guys perform, that's, an, like, in a way, sort of a mixtape, you know? Yeah. But um, I mean, every you got to think about it. everybody's drinking. <laughs> so, like, if you mess up, it's not, it's yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like, yeah, that's, I mean, and one thing that Brandon um, said was that DJs are perfectionists, and, um, you know, that's probably why, like, I, like, love all those mixtapes that, you know, they put out is because they're so perfectly made. Like, when I listen to them, I'm like, how are they doing this? And it's because <laughs> it takes a lot of work, and you think that it just comes natural to yeah. you, you know? Um uh, what was what was I gonna say? Um, oh yeah, like Joey's mixtape. So he made a mixtape. Um, his was really really good. Really I was good. so into it, and I'm so happy that he like you know lent his time and started a trend yeah. because now you guys all think now, you have yeah. to make one, <laughs> and I'm like that's fine. I'm totally enjoying it. Um, I want Eric to put one out. Yeah, I really want him to put one. I like Joey's a lot, but Eric, uh, he. He's into some other different stuff that always works. And uh, he, I still hang out with him a lot. Yeah. We 
I don't know if you can, if you've seen on my Instagram. Yeah, but like we, the hiking. I will make them come with me to like weird ass abandoned places yeah. just to take pictures. Yeah. And uh, he'll be like, screw it, I'll tag along. Can I skate? Can I bring my skateboard? I'm like, yeah. yes, bring it. No matter, don't doesn't matter, bring it. Yeah. And uh, he always gets my auxiliary cord and mm-hmm. throws it on and everything he plays it's always cool yeah i like everything he plays and that's the thing i think that you know um same with you sal why aren't you a dj what the hell <laughs> all the songs that you tag on your like videos and all that they're all awesome like i i'm i don't know why you're not a dj everybody asks like that you know why he's not in the music industry if not a dj but like doing something with music yeah but you know it's like he for sure needs yeah. to he for sure needs to do this this is my outlet you know i can't produce music because i'm not gonna lie my first thing was like i got furloughed and my first thing was like maybe i should become a dj <laughs> and i was like i can't come up with a dj name that was the hardest oh. part and i was like you know what no i'm gonna interview them <laughs> so it worked out perfect for me um in so did you ever feel discouraged um, when you were DJing? Was there anything that, like, you know, kind of put you down at any time? No. And no? I would not let anything bother me. Good. Even if songs didn't go with, well, well with each other and someone were to come up with to me and... Like, make a like, comment? This song sucks. Yeah. Like, what do I care? Yeah. You're drunk. You're going to forget about this tomorrow. Yeah. I don't care. I love that attitude. <laughs> I love that attitude so much because I feel like, you know, people take things so personal and I'm 100% guilty of it. Um, and the one thing that I think people focus on the most is that one person that does come up to you and say says that, but you don't listen to or like watch all the people that are enjoying it, you know? And I feel like that's awesome that, you know, you never love... Um, let anyone get to you um, and discourage you because, um, you know, I think that that's kind of human nature is to listen to those negative thoughts and it's just like one, you yeah. know, and it just brings you down. So that's good. I'm, I'm so happy. Um, um, what are some of the artists or I'm sorry, what are some artists or bands that you are currently listening to that you'd like to share with us? Right now. I am into anything that's Dirty Bird. <laughs> I'm listening to everything. I, I don't know why. I've been like stuck on it for a while. Yeah. I am still listening to Mac DeMarco all the time. Okay. And uh, <laughs> you guys are going to laugh, but in my truck right now, I have a CD in my CD player uh-huh. and it's House 97. House. It's all like hard banging, hard house, like yeah. hard banging house, yeah. 97. <laughs> and it's got a weird little house with a, a face on it. But it's all like hard, like boom, 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 yeah. boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> like you're in the, um, what is that? The Sahara tent? Uh, the, yeah. 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 <laughs> cool. Okay. But uh, yeah, that's what I'm like. My, I'm listening to everything right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what is some advice that you would give to anyone who's just starting out DJing? Learn with vinyl first and then do the laptop thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Vinyl is really hard. Yeah. Um, you know, and when you were talking about that, I meant to, like, I 
had a mental note in my head, okay, like I want to talk about this. Um, and I was going to ask you what you preferred, vinyl over your laptop. And I'm assuming that you do prefer vinyl. I do. And uh, if it wasn't for the heaviness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, that does suck. Yeah, for sure. It's like going from like house party to house party with crates and crates and crates. And yeah. Like, why so many crates? I'm like, because this one's rap, this one's R&B, this one's all the 2000 little John and yeah. mystical and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then this one's all like the, the newer, like moving units and rapture and <laughs> all the stuff that you guys don't know about yet yeah i'll go to parties and just sneak all that stuff in on them at the end of the night and it would work um what is um the like what is your favorite type of music to play i like uh i really like house dance disco mm -hmm. electronic a lot yeah i mean disco's my jam for sure oh yeah I love disco. I could, I actually want to have, um, maybe f I, I'd, I don't want to wait until I'm 40, but so maybe I'll do it this year. I want to have like a disco party, mm -hmm. um, for, uh, and like, just like rent out a space or something and have like, just like a huge disco party. I think that'd be so awesome. <laughs> I love awesome. disco. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I'm going to have you guys DJ actually. <laughs> I'm just letting you know now. Oh, I, I will do it. <laughs> Let me know. Yeah. I'm there. Okay. Um, so uh, before I guess we end this wonderful uh, interview, what are, are are you currently working on anything that we should know about where we could support you, I guess? You know what? A lot of people think that I'm like, I fell off from like the whole DJ thing, mm -hmm. but uh, this is my new place. Uh, thanks to John Reiser and Angel Zaragoza and, and Hector Lugo. Uh, I'm the resident DJ, along with Joey and then uh, Eric, if he wants to join. But uh, we have a... Uh, when is this airing? In like three weeks from now? Mm -hmm. yeah, three okay, weeks. so next week we're announcing that Joey and I were going to be opening for Cypress Hill. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say... I wasn't going to say anything because I wanted to see when this was going to air. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they don't want it to say it. Like, they don't want right, it to of course but, not. Yeah, uh, we're going to be playing in the canyon and we're going to be opening up for Cypress Hill. And Holy some other crap, that's insane. And I mean, you've already seen the flyer that I posted up yesterday that I'm opening up for Los Lobos and, uh, and Mariachi El Bronx. Right. But uh, there's a few more shows coming up that I'm not allowed to say, but it's... Cool. It's going to get insane. Awesome, awesome. But, yeah, Sorry. I'm still DJing. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here now. Awesome. <laughs> so are you practicing a lot? Oh, yeah. Do you prepare? That's actually something that I wanted to talk about. When you do um, have, you know, big gigs like, I mean, opening for Cypress Hill, um, I feel like personally me and don't, you know, let this go over, <laughs> like, over to you, but I would be, I'd feel very intimidated and very nervous. So is it something that you prepare for? I do. Okay. And I have already called Joey. It, it feels like when girls are calling each other, like, <laughs> I was just hey, gonna say what that. are you wearing? What are you yeah. wearing tonight? What are you wearing? Like, hey, what, what, are, you what are you gonna play? What are you gonna yeah. play? <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Um, so you have been practicing and you, yes. you have a, a list. Uh, yeah. I'm uh, like thinking of going in two directions, but uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'll figure it all, all out. Before. I guess we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, Jimo, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for sharing this space with us and for giving um, my um, my podcast 
an out and like, you know, some normalcy to it because I haven't <laughs> seen any of my guests. Um, so thank you for doing this. Thanks for coming. Yeah, I'm of so course. I'm glad you guys came out, checked it out. I mean, that's, yeah, this place is dope. Here, that's awesome. Yeah, this place is dope. And um, I really enjoyed learning you know, more about you because I didn't really know, you know, how um, it all started. Um, and I look forward to seeing you guys play and you specifically play again because like you said, we haven't really seen you out. So I'm excited to get to listen to what you have prepared. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, um, again, thanks again. And we will see you soon. Bye. Bye.